Welcome to Dig a Little Deeper. We are ready, strapped in, good to go. And mm. where are we headed? What's the destination? We're going to look at uh, the problem with worship. The problem with worship? Yeah, the problem with worship. Can't imagine any problems with worship. No, it's hard. Well, I, I must admit, I think most of them are ours, not God's. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm excited to jump in. Before we do, thanks so much for everyone who's given us great feedback. We appreciate it as always. Also, um, We'd love to encourage you. Share a podcast if it's helpful. Mm, yeah. might help someone else if it helped you. Yeah. Um, and if share on social media, make sure you tag us at Dig a Little Deeper so we can repost you. That'd be awesome. And if you listen on Spotify, you might not know this, but you can actually follow podcasts on Spotify. Mm. So, I mean, give us a cheeky follow. A cheeky follow. That's, that's, that's my housekeeping <laughs> done. The house is clean. We can now talk about the problem with worship. Yeah, the problem with worship. Well, I mean, look, connection to the Creator is a wonderful thing. And when I first came to faith, man, I began to worship Jesus. You know, there was life in Him, hope in Him I'd found, the joy that I was experiencing, you know, definitely a sense of purpose. All of these things sort of catapulted me into, in my mind at least, becoming a worshipper, what I perceived to be worship. And... Uh, you know, certainly I was empowered to really break free from destructive patterns of behavior as a new Christian. Um, all of that just made me so thankful. And so my early worship experience, like many people's, I think it, it was certainly flowing from a sense of God is so good. He's done so much. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think that everyone worships something. I think that human beings literally were created to, to worship. It's like there's a worship space within us. And I think that if we don't find that expression in the creator, we definitely will do creation. As a matter of fact, you know, our early church theologian, the apostle Paul, he says this in Romans one, that, that people, if they veer off the path, they choose to, to worship the creation rather than the creator. Right. So I guess mm. in our current age, it can often translate to things like things of wood and brick and Tin and yeah, yeah. leather and good, good old fashioned idolatry. Some some of these idols even have internal combustion engines. Oh, we're not throwing anyone <laughs> under a bus there. <laughs> but but I guess if we're talking about worship, like what about for an an unbelieving per- person, say maybe an atheist who is you know set on the fact that there isn't a god? Yeah, well, I mean, cool, cool if you think that way, but. The question I'd pose is, aren't you simply worshipping your own opinion at that point? And I think that's a very human trait. I think we all do it. It's it's not hard for us to set up our own opinion and then bow down to it. Mm. Which you happens know. with Christians and God at the same time exactly as well, right. doesn't it? Exactly yeah. right. It's a human thing. It's not necessarily a belief-unbelief thing. It's a human thing that we tend to be self-centric. We view the world through our lens because, it, well, it's ultimately the first lens we have. Mm. And, you know, I think it's it's just ironic that uh, people of faith are often defined as like the narrow-minded ones. The You know, you live in a closed system of thought, you know, because you believe these ancient things and you believe in the supernatural and that's so outdated. And, you know, for example, if you believe in the, the supernatural, then you believe in possibilities beyond natural explanation or where science might take you. Right. Which, I mean, to me, isn't that a bigger way to view the world? Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, I think it's definitely bigger than living in a thought system that says there's nothing beyond what I as a finite human being can know. You know, if I think about mm. that, that's so prideful that sort of the arrogance of us thinking 
if I can't understand it, therefore it can't be real. It's like, right. wow, that's, you know, to me, I, I think that's a closed system of thought. Yeah, so, and then I guess in that sense, worshipping God can actually bring a, a wider than just a fixed view, a fixed worldview or, or a closed system worldview. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it should. And, and I think that's probably why narrow-minded Christians they're really a bit of a paradox. Right. We yeah. should be the biggest thinkers. We should be the most expansive thinkers. We should be the most open conceptually to things. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's not the case because, again, people often get their, um, I guess, their belief system, their theology, their God in a box. Right. And they nail it all down and, you know, are just not open to the possibility that they could grow beyond that or that there could be more beyond the box that they've already seen. So that's a paradox. Right. We shouldn't think that well, way. We sh- we're, we're kind of the ones putting our hands up and, and saying, there's more that, <laughs> there's that more, we can't see. We should be the ones saying, there's more, there's more, yeah. So, so back to worship, what, what is worship? Have we got like a simple kind of... Well, a sim- maybe a, even a, not a simple definition, but what Jesus said, I think a core thought from Jesus would have to be uh, John 4.24, God is spirit, people who worship him must worship from their spirits in a true way. You know, some older versions say something like, must worship him in spirit and in truth. So right here, Jesus is in a sense redefining worship. He'd just been posed this question by a Samaritan woman, you know, who had their own sort of unique system of belief that was semi-Jewish, semi-all kinds of sort of religious thought in there. But Jesus was redefining worship for her, but he was very much redefining worship even for the, the Orthodox Jew at that point. Um, and it's all about you and you and God and spirit and truth. And it's so simple. It's obvious, really, that's what it should be about. God is spirit. It only makes sense to worship him as spirit and through spirit. Um, and that this concept, as Jesus brought, brings it out, it really immediately supersedes, it obsoletes any previous form of worship, so ancient religious rites and animal sacrifice and human self-flagellation, all the stuff that ancient peoples did to sort of get the attentions of, of the gods, all those earlier forms of worship can really immediately be seen for what they are. They're just man's poor attempt to worship God. It's like right. the dust of our humanity putting dust's best foot forward you know, in an attempt to connect with the divine. But dust isn't spirit. It can't connect. That's why religion is dead and religious mm. ritual is is, is dead. Um, spirit is spirit. And if God's spirit, that's the only way you're ever really going to connect with him. I mean, there can be religious rites that help us, but they're not particularly yeah. connecting us to God. They can give us a sense of peace. So, for example, you know, the uh, yesterday I did a funeral and, and you know, the the uh, 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 the close of the ceremony and what you do around that to bring peace to people, it brings peace to us. It's not necessarily a connection with God as such. Right. And, and I guess this is what Jesus came to make alive again, that, mm. you know, the dust would worship, the, the, the dust worship, sorry, would be superseded by the spirit worship. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, John 3.3, 3, you must be born again, mm. you know. So um, so the problem with worship. Yeah. Um, so what is the problem? Well, poor definition. It sounds pretty good so yeah, far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we've had poor definitions of worship. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I think that we can get stuck on form. 
for example, you know, music is worship. So when I'm singing, I'm right. worshiping. And certainly that's been a big emphasis, particularly of, I think, well, it's been a big emphasis of the church throughout church history by and large. It certainly is a major emphasis in Pentecostal churches, music and mm. singing, um, attending services that we even call worship services, you know, and it's true, you can worship there, but it's incomplete. And the other problem with that incomplete image is that you can do all those things without worshipping too. You can attend a service and you can sing the songs without worshipping. So it means that trying to identify worship or define it by the form really falls short of the mark. Yeah, so I guess the problem is that I guess it's limited. Yeah. And also it, it can be so easy to get caught up in the musical moment, if we mm. talk about music and yeah. go through the motions and almost mm. be so conscious of the moment without even really being conscious of God. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, this worship's beautiful. Or, I love yeah, this yeah, song. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. That you become really almost conscious of the worship lead. Oh, they sing so well. And yeah. But so maybe there is a better definition of worship. Yeah. And look, I've had people say, I've heard people say, and I've, I would have said it for sure, wasn't the worship awesome? Mm. But the question to ask, you know, after a musical, you know, session, the question to ask is, well, who was it, who was it awesome for? Right. Yeah. Was it awesome for God or was it just awesome because the music was great? The, the singers, the leadership, the, everything was great. So we had a great experience. So without trying to, you know, be, not being critical of that, just saying that that's a very it's limited, a limited perspective. perspective. Yeah. So better definition, maybe, maybe not better, but I think we can have a more intrinsic definition. So something that's closer to essence than than form form i think is a long way from essence it's on the outer it's it's one of the expressions of the mm. essence for example might might be singing um so if you go back to for example uh the the principle of point of first mention uh, is a great place to look for worship i've always felt you'd, you'd go back to abraham where is worship first mentioned in scripture it's actually Abraham telling the people around him, his servants, that he and the lad would go yonder and worship. Mm. And, of course, what we know that to be, he's talking about him and Isaac and he's about to climb the mountain and sacrifice Isaac to God. And so, uh, thankfully, that doesn't happen. God shows him a better way of approaching God. Yeah. Um, but Abraham was following ancient footsteps in that. Mm. And in his attempt to worship God was probably going to do something God saw as unthinkable. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. interesting to, yeah. to look at that from that angle. And he comes back down with the mountain, of course, of a greater revelation of the fact that God is not the God. This God is not the God who wants us to consume our mm. children. Um, but that is where worship is first mentioned. So worship and the concept of sacrifice, yeah, you know, sacrifice is a far more intrinsic strand of thought when you're thinking about a matrix of, of what is worship. Yeah, and I guess you get that thought kind of um, emphasised in Romans 12 where it talks about, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, you know, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, mm. holy and pleasing to God. Mm. This is your true and proper. Yeah, worship. yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Interesting. A living sacrifice. You're not yep. talking about actually sacrificing, but obviously there's an element of sacrificial living that's actually yeah. the true worship that God's looking for. That's it, and it's 
you know, it's interesting. The New Testament does affirm the fruit of our lips giving thanks in another passage. But when you go to Romans 12, it's like, no, I want all of you. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of leads us maybe to another problem that we can have <laughs> with worship. So that first problem is our definition of what it might actually be. Another problem. And having a limited definition. And having a limited yeah. definition. So opening that up to being, this is me as a living sacrifice, mm. which is not just a, an hour spent in a, in a church service or a moment spent singing a song. It's way beyond that. This is my whole life. It's, it's not, have you worshipped God this week? It's, are you worshipping God are right now? Are you worshipping God right now? Yeah. 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 Are you currently. <laughs> is the way you're living. Living reflected? in a way. Yeah. yeah. That, that reflects his glory. Um and another issue that comes up for us in that, you know, that's tied to this is the surrender of will is another intrinsic element mm. um, with sacrifices, this surrender. I'm sure Abraham did not want, you know, that was not what he wanted to do with Isaac, but he had to come to a point of surrender of will, just like Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. These are true acts of worship. Like mm-hmm. when Christ wrestled in the garden and got to the point of saying, not my will, but your will be done. You see absolute, wholehearted, 100% worship. And there it's in obedience that would lead to sacrifice. So obedience mm-hmm. is an element of worship. Um, and the fact is that is is seldom comfortable. It seldom suits us. It's seldom convenient for yeah. us, you know. I found God to be many things, but not usually convenient. <laughs> the call of God is not always not convenient. Not always convenient. Yeah. Um, to our own purposes and, and desires. And that's it, and, because yeah. we, we have it very much a set in our own ways and we have our own plan. And then often we, we fail to discover the plan of God or we fail to embrace it because of a fear that it will involve a certain element of obedience and self-sacrifice, mm. which it normally does. Yeah. Um, it's just sad that often we don't see that on the other side of that generally is a reward beyond what, what we, we would ever live for anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So our, our natural focus is often the opposite of divine encounter for these reasons. We become more self-conscious than God conscious, um, even to the point of embarrassment. So if we went back to a simple form like singing uh, or worship, it's why some people won't lift their voice or they won't lift their hands, which is a perfectly biblical expression of worship mm. and praise. But when we, we we don't do that, we'd say, oh, I'm a little bit self-conscious or I'm a little, well, hang on a sec, in worship you're meant to be God conscious. Right, yeah. Not self-conscious, yeah. you're meant to be God conscious. So are you a man pleaser or a God pleaser? Mm. So who are, you, who are you giving honour to? Are you going to give honour to man by refusing to express the worship that you, you sense mm. God is worthy of? Or are you going to, you know, forget man for a moment and become really God conscious? Right, um, and which is ironic too because... If the person standing beside you is worshipping, they're either being God-conscious or they're being self-conscious and they're not thinking about you. Yeah. They're thinking about themselves. <laughs> so they're either thinking about God or themselves. You're not yeah, even yeah, part yeah, of the picture. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's right. funny how we can be like, oh, I'll miss this opportunity because I want to put that person first. Yeah, yeah. And again, it comes back down to we can be incredibly self-centric mm. and true moments of worship are when we get lost in, in him in the moment and we become you know, unaware of ourselves and more aware, or more aware of ourselves than of God. Mm. And I think that's a great, also a great descriptor or, or a, a real essence point, intrinsic point of prayer, 
that prayer really can be any time that we are more conscious of God than we are of ourselves. Right. And I think it shares that with with worship at that point where we're more conscious of God than we are of ourselves. Um, Galatians 5.16, Paul says, you know, I say to you, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the lusts of the flesh or the desires of the flesh. So we're called to live all of life different, Mm. all of life different. So I guess those who live by, you know, connecting their spirit to God are, are worshipping. You were worshipping at that point, and that's what worship is. And again, this is why you can be in a meeting and not be worshipping God. You can be singing a praise song and not be worshipping God mm. because you are conscious of other things, even you're conscious of your own voice or your own ability to sing or your own inability to sing or whatever yeah, it might yeah. be. Um, yeah. And, of course, you know, in a similar vein, another problem is worship demands allegiance. Mm. That is what worship is about. It's about allegiance. Yeah. And that, you know, number one can go against just natural human grain. That that gets up the nose of the average human being who wants to be fully autonomous. Yeah. But worship is demanding of allegiance. We become what we worship mm. in so many ways. I mean, I see this in the old car scene that, you know, I've become part of later in life and I'm amazed that I'm turning up I'm seeing people I knew 40 years ago that are wearing the same kind of clothes they were wearing 40 years ago yeah they've got the favorite pair of jeans with oil stains on them and a black t-shirt with the with some rock band on it mm. you know yeah, or some yeah. form of advertising but it's like things have not changed because that's the image of the scene and and it's amazing how people get conformed to the image of what they worship in so many ways yeah which I guess is a good thing. In that, if we're worshippers of God and, and worshippers of Jesus, hopefully, the, I mean, the outcome would be that we are more like Him and we look more like Him. Yeah. But but it also means that if I worship Jesus, I I must change. This is the point of worship. Yeah. The point of worship, it's transformational. Yeah. So I I mean, I've got to allow my attitudes and <laughs> behaviors and mindsets to to mm. be transformed and. And to to conform, I suppose, with with God's way and Jesus's way, so all of a the sudden, there there is an obligation to live generously, yeah, and to sacrifice, yeah, and to serve other people, yeah, because that's actually worship. That's who Jesus is, yeah. yeah. And if you're really worshiping Him, you're being transformed into His image. Mm. You're living Him out day by day, so you are going to be doing the things He did. You know, he didn't. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life. So yeah. the ultimate in generosity, the the ultimate in servanthood, mm. the ultimate in self sacrifice. All those elements are there because that's Jesus. So, yep. If I worship Jesus, I'm going to become like him. Yeah. And I guess that's maybe where you can see sometimes in church life where people don't conform they they might be singing the songs but yeah. you know or they might be going through the motions or doing certain rituals attending services doing sacraments doing all that stuff but if there's not transformational change then there's not actually a, a deeper experience of worship happening yeah yeah there's just there might be involvement in religious ritual or religious form but there's not a transformation of life and ultimately it's transformation of life that betrays true worship yeah, yeah, and, and I think uh, so. I guess. Oh, wow, like that's a powerful saying, thought. Yeah, it's a powerful thought. I'm just like I'm still kind of stewing on it. I'm like, oh boy, I've got to change. Yeah, I've got to change. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's so great to broaden out, like you said, worship beyond just yeah. 
you know, singing a song. That's it. I mean, have you think about what you said with like things have to change, like attitude? I mean, have you ever tried to worship with a bad attitude? Mm. I mean, you, you can't really, can you? Yeah. <laughs> no, and or, or unforgiveness, for example. So you get a bad attitude towards someone, you get unforgiveness towards someone. I mean, if you can worship and hold hatred in your heart, there's something really wrong with yeah. you. I mean, you are so dualistic at that point that it's scary, mm. really scary. Yeah. And yet people do it. You know, people do it where, you know, if you look at racism, for example, where people can actually hold racism in their heart and still profess to, to worship the one true God mm. who created all people in his image. It's like... Uh, one yeah. of these things is not like the yeah, other. Like yeah, yeah. Some, there's a breakdown there and there has to be this ability to, to live in an incredible dualism, mm. which, is the, which is the antithesis of integrity. Yeah. Integrity means, you know, everything on the outside is the same as what's on the inside. So there's a continuity, a continuity of belief and practice mm. from the inside to the outside. So, you know, to be able to hold opposite things, things yeah, yeah and say i am worshiping but to hold other stuff part of worship is probably to surface that stuff in the same way that maybe a plow a farmer will use a plow blade to pull a rock to the surface so he can cart it off the field and mm. have a richer field in the same way worship should be plowing our hearts all yeah, the time yeah, and yeah. surfacing these deeper issues i think this is where jesus said um you know, if you go to offer your sacrifice at the altar, which was the Jewish form of worship, if you go to do that and you remember you've got something against your brother or your brother has something against you, I think is what he says, mm. go and fix that. Yeah. Leave your, forget sacrifice, forget worship, go and be restored. So in one sense, Jesus would say, I would, I value reconciliation over worship. Right. Yeah, but I I don't think he's actually saying that. I think he's saying reconciliation it's no, is worship. Yeah, reconciliation is worship, yeah. but it's a higher form of worship. So go do that first, and yeah. then by all means come and do the form. Yeah, I, I think it's like you know a, a bit of a heart check for me has been even just in the car if I'm going to put on some worship music maybe, and and something in me is like oh no I don't really feel like that. For me, it's become like a, actually a moment where I kind of check my heart and it's like. Why not? Like, yeah, is there yeah. something? Because it's funny how more often than not, it's because there's something sitting there that shouldn't be, yeah. shouldn't be sitting there. And sometimes I'll get in the car and I just put on whatever music and don't even think twice about it. But yeah, yeah. but sometimes if I'm like, I'll listen to worship music and oh, I don't really feel like that. It's like, oh, hang on, well, why, why it's don't like, I? I don't want to be intimate with God because I already know what He's going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. Hey, oh, we are just like our own children, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um, so okay. I guess if we're talking about worship now, and, and obviously that could be seen as a huge benefit, actually yeah. having to to be transformed to be more That's Christ-like. It. That's but it. what do you see as some more of the, I guess, tangible benefits of worship yeah, or connecting well, our lives the, to God? The benefits for the human being, you know, obviously God God is worthy of worship, but but if we are transformed, if we allow ourselves to be transformed, what always happens with that, and this is where it's sad where maybe – we stay outside that 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 in, that place of intimacy. When we stay outside of that, we we are robbed of the blessing of the intimacy, mm-hmm. which that inaugurates you know transformational changes we've just talked about. And out of that, 
hope begins to spring, that things can be different, for example, that change is possible. Life begins to flow out of that. Fresh vision begins to flow of that. All of this begins to flow out of a out of a, a focus not on self but on God. Mm. You know, most of all, obviously, is the intimacy factor where we actually know God. Mm. We get to know God as we worship and as we allow other things to be stripped away and we become more conscious of him than we are of ourselves. And, and it's an old saying that's been well said, you know, God doesn't have favourites, but he does have intimates. Mm. You know, he does have people that are willing to forsake the distraction of idols just to pursue the, the one true God, to be connected to God at that spirit level mm. where it's it's gone beyond form, it's gone beyond just being at a place at a certain time and singing a certain song or doing a certain ritual, but now it's this spirit-to-spirit connection where I'm more aware of the Father's presence yeah. than I am of my own need and of my own lack and and or whatever, whatever comes into the picture. Mm. Um, yeah. That's the power of worship. Yeah, it's after powerful. You, after you overcome the problems yeah, with worship. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so some great questions to ask yourself could be, you know, do I do I truly see worship as more than just singing and church services? Can I get beyond that? That that it is my life. It is my life every day. That I'm the church 24-7. If you're a believer listening to this, I'm the church 24-7. I'm a light in the world. And that's not just on a Sunday. That's not any in, in any sort of parenthetical time bracket. That is me 24-7 and what God is calling me to be. And that's a high calling. Yeah. It's yeah. a high calling. It's the paradox of of having this treasure in earthen vessels. Mm. You know, it's 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 a paradox for Saul. But it's a good question to ask yourself. Can I can I broaden my understanding of worship? Um, another question is, am I able to switch off my five natural senses, in other words, self-distraction and self-consciousness, and be absorbed by his spirit yeah. and just really become God-conscious? How long since I've intentionally worshipped in and from my spirit? And and really what I'm saying there, I guess, is really with a totally open heart, really letting your spirit connect Practicing unguarded moments with God. Yeah. You know, I think men can struggle to do this more than women, just in my observations. And, um, but that's a great practice. I'm going to have unguarded moments with God where I'm prepared to hear whatever He would want to say to me mm. and say whatever I need to say to Him and be transparent and, and stop acting like I can hide stuff from God. But, be totally transparent because that's worship. Mm. You know, yeah. you don't have to, that's a beauty. You don't have to be perfect to worship. You just need to be transparent. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is my, is my self-determination, you know, my will still challenged when I try to get close to God, which is probably where we just ended it there. Mm. You know, that's probably be an indicator of, of the struggle to enter worship is when I feel like my will is, you know, it's going to come into conflict with God's will if I get too intimate. Right. Uh, but they're great questions to ask ourselves. Yeah. So I guess we're created to worship mm-hmm. and we'll become like what we worship. So let's really make sure that we're worshipping the right thing. Hey, everyone. It's Josh. If you enjoyed today's episode, then find this friend, get him to listen and create some discussion around the topic. We can't wait for you to join us again next week. And until then, find an interesting book and get reading. Thanks again. See ya.